Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Thank you all for worshiping with us. And now we turn and pivot a bit so that we can continue to grow together. This series entitled Help, standing for the acronym Honoring, Exalting, Loving, and Pursuing, G-O-D, God has blessed me, and I pray in this month it has blessed you. And so we open up with our last installment today, Help. I need encouragement. Help, I need encouragement. From Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. One crazy but funny movie that I used to watch often was the movie The Water Boy. The movie is simply about Bobby Boucher, who is a 31-year-old male and water boy for the University of Louisiana. However, he takes this job very seriously, but the players, they treat him like utter crap. (laughs) But yet, he continues to be faithful to the job and to the task of being the the water boy and providing, in his words, high-quality H2O. However, my boy Bobby Boucher, he enrolls into school and he elevates from being the University of Louisiana's football team water boy to one of the most feared linebackers on the team and the conference. He encouraged this football team with the life that he lived to be better than they had ever been before. You see, this movie teaches us that encouragement is needed. This movie teaches us that encouragement can literally propel us to where God wants us to be. Everybody needs encouraging because when you get encouragement, it helps you not to give up, to give in, or to even feel like you cannot win. And so what is encouragement? What, is, what does it mean to be encouraged? I'm glad you asked. To encourage is to improve someone's spirit by giving them hope or confidence. To improve someone's spirit by giving them hope or confidence. Encouragement can come in the form of uplifting text messages, nice emails, smiles, all type of ways and methods to translate encouragement to people. And so today, we all need encouragement. Our world is in chaos and we don't know what the future holds. And so we need to be encouraged. And so we delve deep into what this means. What does it mean to be encouraging? How can we be encouraging to others? How can we receive encouragement ourselves? And we find this again in the book of Hebrews. If you were not present last week, that's no problem. I'm about to provide the cliff note version to the background that's going on in the book of Hebrews. It's in the book of Hebrews that these believers are desperate and they are in need for encouragement. They are close to the edge of abandoning their faith due to the constant killings of family members of the faith. 
they have, they're literally tempted to either let go of their faith or to go back to their old ways of believing. They are willing to try just about everything or anything to keep them from experiencing what their current reality is at the moment. But friends, that's their context. What's yours? What do you do when what you believe is not what you see in reality? What do you do when grief overpowers and runs over your faith? You see, in these realities, this is when encouragement is needed the most. And this anonymous writer of the book of Hebrews reminds these believers of Christ's sacrifice for all, and yet he encourages them beginning in verses 23. Hmm. Right there in verse 23 of chapter 10, he says these words, For encouragement, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. This verse encourages us to hold tightly to God. If we are going to encourage others, if we need encouragement ourselves, we must hold tightly, not loosely, tightly to God. You see, the writer of Hebrews is not overlooking the real life issues and persecution that these believers are faced with in this moment. However, back then in their time and right now in our time, the writer is encouraging us to hold tightly to God because with God, there's hope. With God, there's peace. With God, there's strength. With God, there is the hope that can propel us forward and it's joy that God gives and the world can't take away. You see, when the faithfulness of God is mentioned, when it says in the last portion of verse 23, he is faithful. You see, the writer is actually inviting everyone to not simply know God, but to experience God. Hmm. Friends, I want you to know that to know God and to know facts about God, they're two different things. You see, to know facts about God is nice and is needed, but to experience the power of God in transforming our real life situations, you see, that fuels our faith. When God shows up for you at times that you didn't think anybody cared about you, that makes you have confidence in God. When God loves you, even when people walk out on you, that establishes hope in God. When God continues to provide for you in the midst of times where no one else would provide for you, that is the fuel that will continue you in your faith, even in the midst of tragedy or persecution. You see, as we hold tightly to God, God has the power to transform our situations. So although death tolls were rising back in the Hebrews context, death tolls are rising even right now. Although the situation back then or right now is not comfortable, I want you to know that divine transformation happens at the end of your comfort zone. I want to I remind you that God is not so much concerned about your comfort as God is about your growth. 
You see, we need to be encouraged. We need to hold tightly to God. But even, I know, you may say, well, Josh, you know, I'm tempted to give up even right now. And if you are, I want to tell you, that won't be the last time that you are tempted to give up. We see things every day on our news, on Twitter, and many other platforms that make us want to give up, give in, and say, God, it's just over. But check this out. Even when you feel this way, bathe yourself in your mind in Scripture. Because it's not only in this text that it tells us to hold fast, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, we are told that no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Friends, hold tightly to God. Our problems may be real, but so is our God. When I think about this action of holding physically tightly to God, I know, I know to my theologians who are watching, God is a spirit. How can you hold tightly to God? Well, you are smart and I am happy for you. But I also want you to know that in your relationship, you can't hold tightly to God's word. You can't hold tightly to your faith. This is what I'm implying and meaning. However, when I think about the physical action of holding tightly on to someone, I think back to a time where I traveled to Disney Hollywood Studios and I rode the Tower of Terror. Mm -hmm. This ride is in the setting of an old haunted hotel. And you see, those of us who are daring enough to ride this ride, we get into this enlarged elevator. They pull these, these big bars down on us so we won't fly out of the cart. And then this hologram of an elevator attendant simply says, are you ready? Going down. And he hits this button and we go down almost 30 to 40 miles an hour. This thing scared me out of my mind. I thought my life was about to end. I rode this ride with my father and I looked over to my father because I was holding on, not to his hand, not to his forearm, but to his bicep. I'm holding on to this thing as tightly as I can. I look up and this brother is laughing. He is laughing and I'm almost about to cry. He is laughing and I'm clenching his bicep as hard as I can. He is laughing and I'm wondering, oh my God, am I going to fly out of this cart? And when we finally got off the ride, the world is spinning. I don't, my equilibrium is clearly upset. And I said, dad, how could you laugh in the middle of that ride? And you know what he told me? He said, I could laugh because I knew everything was going to be okay. Friends, we may not be able to laugh in the face of danger like my father did, but we can hold tightly to God. And as we hold tightly to God, guess what? We can trust that God's going to work everything out. We can trust that God will work in ways that we don't even know how he's going to work it out. And guess what, friends? Every time you hold tightly to God, you invite God to come into your situation, upset the equilibrium, and divinely transform that situation. I want to tell you today and encourage you today, hold tightly to God. But friends, this text is all about encouragement. That's what the message is about. If we're going to be encouraging to others as well as us, we must hold tightly to God. But check out what's happening in verse 24. Verse 24 tells us, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. This writer is not only telling us to hold tightly to God, but he's also saying, 
for us to be encouraging, we must overflow with love. Mm. Friends, I know you're probably wondering, man, why in the world does this guy have a pitcher full of water and a red cup? Like, what is going on? Are they having a party at Second Punts? What's going on? Well, check this out. It's an, it's an object lesson of sort. We need to, if we're going to ever overflow with love, we must think of ourselves as a pitcher of water. You see, we are the pitchers and the water is love. You see, and each and every day, God should be able to pour love into us. And therefore, when he pours love into us, we should be able to overflow into the world. You see, we should overflow in love because God's well never runs dry. See, our picture of love should be constantly overflowing when we hold tightly to God. You see, overflowing with love should be our habit. Overflowing, overwhelming life issues don't halt the love of God. Tragedy in life does not halt the love of God. The foolishness of others or us does not halt the love of God. And nothing should stop the love that we pour out of our picture onto the world. Our social media statuses should echo the love of God. The life we live should demonstrate the love of God. The words we say should communicate the love of God. We should overflow just like this pitcher of water would overflow on the floor, but I don't want any issues with the speakers. So we should overflow with love. You see, this is the sentiment of what the writer is writing in verse 24. He's saying, I know that the times are tragic. I know that people are desperate due to persecution, but we must continue in love. The practical application question here that we must ask is, are we operating out of love or not? Even in these chaotic times, if you're a leader, are you operating out of love or not? Are you caring about others or are you caring about money? Are you caring about others or are you caring about your safety? Love or not? In uncertain times, we must ask, are we operating out of nervousness and fear or out of love? We cannot allow our emotions to be the chief operating officer of our actions. We can't. You see, this is God's job. And God says through the writer of Hebrews that literally we should find ways to stimulate others to love one another. But even if we hit the fast forward button and go over to Hebrews chapter 13 verses 1 through 12, this sentiment is reiterated even there because it says, let mutual love continue in Hebrews 13 Hmm. verses 1 through 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without even knowing it. God's love isn't circumstantial, and neither should our love be. You see, you don't know who needs your love, but you are responsible for giving your love. Let's love each other in word and in deed. Help! I need encouragement. Well, if you need encouragement, the the Hebrew writer has offered it to us. He says, hold tightly to God. Boom. Second thing he said was what? Overflow with love. Boom. We got to be just like this picture. God ought to be able to pour into us. We should overflow out into the world. But the last principle for us to develop encouragement and be encouragement givers in our world is in verse 25. And it tells us and sums it up just like this. We must learn to create pandemic-proof communities. We must learn to create pandemic-proof.
bulletproof communities. Listen to this anonymous writer's encouraging words. He says, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day is drawing near. This verse has been used to validate individuals corporately gathering, thus attending church. Mm-hmm. However, as we have learned recently, the church is not simply a building, but the church is a people. And we have a calling to be the hands and feet of Christ in community with others. Even in this time, some churches have regathered and others have not. No matter what your method of delivery may be, we are to be the church. By being God's representative in the world, physically, corporately, or virtually. You see, how do we do this? I'm so glad you asked. We do this by creating pandemic-proof communities. What is a pandemic-proof community? Hey, that's a big word, but it's a powerful meaning. A pandemic-proof community is a community that a community that forms relationships which sustain no matter what. It's a community that forms relationships that sustains no matter what. It's a community that comes to the rescue of its members when members are down. It's a community that even when all H-E-double hockey stick breaks loose, people are still there for you. Check this out. I like the way that the late, great Coretta Scott King once described the powerful, the powerful great things of a community. She says, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. Our work gathering in community does not have to end due to the pandemic. The community that we exhibit by being there for one another can continue virtually, physically, and many other ways. As compassion is our norm, fostering community should be our habit. Friends, community looks like friends who text encouraging messages. Community looks like thoughtful emails sent to those who recently lost a loved one. Community comes in the form of encouragement at the times you need them the most. Friends, I was recently encouraged by a church member, Mrs. Joanne Bunch. I pray she's watching this. She encouraged me at a time where my mentor was rushed to the hospital due to COVID-19. I was in a pool of tears, wondering what would happen to my mentor. And she reminded me through a loving email that this was the day that the Lord made and that even though tragedy may be at any point of our doorsteps, it's still a gift from God. When I read her email, it helped to center me When I read her email, it pushed me past despair to looking at the divine. And I began to have some hope that things could progress for my mentor and progress for us all. Friends, we need to live out what it says in Hebrews 10 verses 23 through 25, but also what it says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13. It tells us, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. What Mrs. Bunch did was her way of creating a pandemic-proof community. 
your text message to somebody that could be hurting is your way of creating a pandemic-proof community. But I'll give you one more way. We recently started a virtual book club. It's with All Together Unplugged. And, and I know, yes, we've already had one meeting, but we only meet one time a month. We're going through the book, The Color of Compromise, trying to figure out how all people can be together and grow together. I want to invite you that if you want to be a part of our pandemic-proof community, simply email altogether at spdl.org. Friends, we are encouraged when we learn to create pandemic-proof communities. We are encouraged literally when we overflow with love, but we are encouraged as we learn to hold tightly, not loosely, to God. And so our together takeaway is simply this. Mutual encouragement transcends space and finds its way into our hearts to give us hope. Friends, I want to challenge each of you. Find you a pandemic-proof community. Start with God, overflow with love, and watch how God will allow great people to be attracted to you like you are a magnet. When you begin to overflow with love and encourage others, you reap what you sow. And as you are sowing encouragement, as you're overflowing with love, you will find that the Lord will give you exactly what you need when you need it the most. Help you need encouragement. Start with God and allow it to be like a domino effect where everything falls right into place. But possibly you may be watching this and you may say, well, Josh, you know, I need encouragement, but I don't have a relationship with God. Well, hey, if you want to establish your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want you to know he wants that today and we offer Christ to you. And so you can open up your heart to Jesus right now by simply praying a very short prayer. And it's this, repeat after me. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for every sin that I would or could commit. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. If you prayed that prayer, let us know about it. We want to celebrate what God is doing. Email us at altogether at spdl.org. Friends, if you need some encouragement, our team wants to pray for you. We all need encouragement. And just like Ms. Bunch encouraged me, we all want to encourage you. And so friends, if you need encouragement, email us at ALL together at speedo.org. Friends, remember that mutual encouragement transcends space and finds its way into our hearts to give us hope. If by chance, friends, you need encouragement, you need to let us know. Don't fight alone because you are not alone. And if God is moving in your heart that you want to sow into this ministry, feel free to go to spdl.org and the giving option is there. The drop-down menu indicates all together. Be encouraging to each other and watch God encourage you in the process. Thank you for worshiping with us and have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.